Yo, hi, it's Trevor. Welcome to the Art Speaker Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Art Speaker is a part of the nonprofit Art Speak. Um, yeah, if you want to find out about it, go to artspeak.co. You find out everything you need to know. This week's episode is with the the lovely, the beautiful L. Roberts. Um, she is a songwriter. She is a very prolific writer. She's an essayist, which she taught me that word. Um, yeah, I just, we had a really good time. She's very, very thought provoking, very thoughtful, very intellectual. Um, really enjoyed our conversation. Um, yeah, I think you really will. This is a, this is a deeper one. She's a, she gets very deep. So, um, yeah, I think you'll like it. So thanks for listening. The Art Speaker Podcast with L. Roberts. Allie Bean. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? How's yeah. your day? It's, it's been a day. Um, golly. Um, I told you I'm getting married, right? So I'm like... Well, you... Did you? I think so. I think you... I think I, when we met, you said you're like, we're talking about it. Yeah, and it's a thing. It's that's happening. That's great. Did it's the, happening. Did a proposal happen or anything? Or oh, no, no, no. No, oh, no, no, no. Just like, that's we're exciting. Just, we're super low-key, but even low-key takes a lot. Yeah, and I'm just like I don't want to coordinate all yeah. this, <sighs> but our family members are really mm. stepping up, which is nice. That's good. Yeah. So, so, so why are why are you doing <sighs> a big thing if you don't want to do it? Only thing? because our families will be distraught. Mm. And part of me is like, well, we're getting married for very, yeah. I guess, non-traditional reasons. I'm I suppose. Sorry. Can, can you like? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I sorry. need to be that, talking straight yeah. into it. No, it's okay. Um, very non-traditional reasons. Um, what sort and of the reason? We're. Hmm, I'm against the in- institution as like a form of like the government being involved in things sure. that they don't need to be involved in, which is weird because like they're involved in everything else. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. All that to say is I think that gay marriage period is just kind of a way of like inviting only certain people in, into this like agreement with the state to get benefits that like chosen family and non-traditional structures of how we family aren't included in. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. I just don't like it. Um, but at the same time, inside of our political climate, anything that we can do to protect who we are as a sure. family, we're going to do that. And so this starving artist needs health insurance. Yeah. So we're getting married. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> we're getting married for health insurance. What does your, your partner do? Uh, my partner is a social worker okay. and um, specifically in the mental health field, but also teaches at the IU School of Social okay. Work. Cool. So. Um, yeah, way better health insurance than I've ever had access yeah. to as someone who's just kind of like pieced stuff together. Sure. And the ACA was a thing, and uh, the Healthy Indiana plan just like doesn't quite cut it yeah. um, for a lot of reasons. So I'm really excited to just have access through someone I love and trust. Yep. And I'll be able to get new glasses in my prescription and get my teeth That's cleaned. That's really and exciting. Those are like, <laughs> right. Those are things. Get my labs done. I'm yeah, almost yeah. 30. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, I've got to be like concerned about stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm like excited. I'm still not on my wife's health insurance. I'm, 
she has great health insurance. So oh, I'm really like nice. looking forward to it. But she she has to raise the money. Oh, she, so she works for a nonprofit. Gotcha. So she has to raise her like like her salary. Yeah. So it's all like bunched together. So it's like gotcha. I, don't know, I can't remember what the budget is, but is it a faith based institution? Oh my gosh! I so wanted to work for one once upon a time, okay, and it cool. works the same way. Like it's like you raise part of your salary, they match you. Yeah. Oh but man. I think if I were to get on, she'd have to raise like like ten thousand dollars. Like on top of yeah. okay, and like when she. When she inherited this area, mm-hmm. she there's a lot of like things that she had to like work on. And gotcha. Fix. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Can you turn me up in in my head? <laughs> sure. Sorry. Oh, it's right there. I didn't mean you had to get up. Okay. Well, now that you are, but no, but that's exciting. Marriage, like, that's yeah. Exciting. I think it's interesting. It's re- it's a really exciting thing, but there's a ton of stress that comes with mm-hmm. something that's really exciting, and it's yeah. it's really weird. Yeah, I I think um, I think any like large event takes just a lot of coordination, mm-hmm. and I'm all for it in terms of like it's the first time both of our families yeah. will be able to spend like a significant amount of time around each yeah. other, and all the people we love basically just get to have a party yeah. and I'm, I'm totally into that. Like, sure. yes, absolutely. And not only that, but like we're being super intentional in the ceremony itself to like make it ours. And okay. like, this is not your grandma's wedding ceremony. Like <laughs> we're like, we're really just like, we're going all out. It's like 20 minutes and done. And then yeah. we're just going to dance until we're, until we're That's asleep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You may have turned her up. Oh, I'm not sure. I turned both of you up, but oh really? You're not, am you're I not getting you? Am I super loud? In your oh yeah, I can hear thing? you. Yeah, I, can, I mean I can't. Oh, that's better. There it is. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, yes, that's. I'm a huge advocate. Well, I had there's some tension when Hillary and I were planning our wedding just because mm-hmm. we're like we want it to be our thing, mm-hmm. you know. And then you get family who's just like, well, <laughs> you, what do you mean you're not gonna have a cake? Right. I'm just like, what does it matter? Yeah, we're still gonna be married. We're oddly you know? attached to like things that don't really make a whole lot of it sense. It is. It is very scheme. like yeah. 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 There's, well, like we didn't. Yeah, we didn't have a cake. We didn't do the uh, the gifts. The thing. Yeah, yeah. We didn't because I I cannot remember a time where I've actually taken them home. Or it's generally like really bad mints, and you're just like, oh, that's not. You try no. one, you're like, that's. No terrible one, no one wants yeah. that no yeah we we decided to do cash money only yeah like you can write us a check paypal cash mm-hmm. whatever cool um and or also donate to these three organizations Great. we really care yeah. about that's so cool. like that's it's been cool to that's like exciting. really kind of shift gears on that yeah. and like hey it's caused some conflict and tension sure. like what do you mean you're not gonna do this that or the other and it's just like you're going to be okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Where are you guys getting married at? <laughs> at Ashen Elm, actually. Oh, so nice. I'll be on this side of town. That's um, exciting. Old stomping grounds in, on the in, side. In Ashen Elm or? In the, the warehouse. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. What's that'll the date? Uh, at the end of the month. September oh, my gosh. 29th. That's so exciting. It's right around the corner. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah has um, you getting married, has that like sparked? artistic energy or creativity in you at all? Uh, yes and no. Um, in a different way than I thought it would. Um, 
I've had to, I'm not really like a, like I'm going to decorate things or like, I just don't have the brain sure. for it. And now I have to like think about like what I want this space to look like. So that's been an exercise in like creative expression in yeah. a different kind of way. Um, and I just really appreciate who, people who like do that kind of work and love it because it's just, it's not me. Sure. Um, there's that. And then also um, marrying um, someone who politically we're just like, I won't say we're on the same page in terms of like, we believe all the things that each other believes. Like it's not that like mm -hmm. we really challenge each other and sharpen each other. Um, but what's super cool is like, um, she's a creative person in a different kind of way. Yeah. And I, I see, um, social work as an art form in and of itself by virtue of just knowing her and just how much labor and thought she puts into her work. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, could you, could you unpack that a little more? That sounds <laughs> yeah. really fascinating. Um, I think the, I think the, Hmm. Okay. How do I put this? As an artist, I work with a lot of people, and um, as a social worker, she does as well, um, whether they are students that take her classes or um, she's actually running a group therapy session. Mm -hmm. um, just the, the art of reading people and reading a room and knowing who needs what in that space and how to best kind of fulfill that. Um, and kind of really like facilitating synergy, I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. Um, because, um, I think it's one thing to be a therapist who's like prescriptive in that, like, oh, I know better than you do about X, Y, or Z. And I'm just going to tell you what the thing is rather than like asking questions to get to know who you are and where your head and your heart are. And, um, not only that, but just like so many people know what they need. They just need someone with their head on straight to yeah. be like, I just need to talk to you about this sure. to help me figure it out. Like that, I think that's kind of the best therapy is just self-reflective um, and someone to be that mirror in the space. Um, and then in group sessions, I've, I've been witness to this in that um, all the wisdoms and the experiences and the walks of life you need to draw on are in the room and that the person who is leading or facilitating isn't there to teach or to lecture, but to pull that out of everyone so that we can help each other. Yeah. Um, and that's what I appreciate about her work and how she teaches students to do that kind of work. Um, and it has informed my practice and as, as an artist and as a facilitator and as someone who creates programs, like learning how to better read a room yeah. and not meet everyone's needs myself, but to bring the best out of everybody so that we can piece those connections together in a way that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. Social work is an art form. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a believer now. That yeah. was a great, that oh, was a great yeah. explanation. That, yeah. That's my pitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to social work school, but like I, I totally dig it sure. just as a field. I was sure. curious. I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but yeah, I was interested because I mean you you're an essayist, yes. right? Is that that's the term? Yeah. Yes. And a songwriter yes. as well. Mm -hmm. So do you do you ever know like this is a song or <laughs> this is an essay? Because mm -hmm. like when I write songs, I'm like, oh, I could write this could be because a lot of my songs are like it could just be poetry, yeah, something, but I just sing it. Right. So then people yeah. are it's it's more tolerable for me to like say it, you know? Right, right. Oh, um, hmm. 
I used to try and write in a way like, I'm going to sit down and write this thing and this is what it's going to be. And it's, it never really worked for me and I couldn't figure out why. And I think I was putting too much on the process and not like letting my creativity just kind of move in the way that it needs to and wants to. Um, and then also like the more that I've leaned into my work as a writer period, like not even marking those delineations between the different art forms that I want to practice and want to learn and want to take on and want to try, um, that there's no difference between a poem and a song and an essay that whatever it is that I am writing, the point is for me to be honest and to communicate a message and whatever form it takes, like that specific manifest manifestation is exactly what it needs to be to get the point across. Yeah. And that I don't need to dictate that, that often what I think it's going to be, it goes in a totally different direction and just allowing that to just be like, I'm not going to force an essay to be an essay if it's actually a song or I'm not going to force what has, I've written a lot more lyric essays recently in that like, it's like an essay, but it's like poetic. And when I read or perform them, they, they feel like poems, but I wrote it thinking like, oh, this is totally an essay. And yeah. then it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't. And just letting it just kind of cook and be mm-hmm. exactly what it needs to be has been so helpful for my practice. And it has shown me that like I, I don't need to wring my hands over the form itself. Yeah. Just write. What would you say? <laughs> I mean, you said like for you to be honest is really yeah. important. Yeah. What would you say the role of the artist is today? Um, I will always answer that question with a quote. Um, I think. Have you been asked that question a lot? Y- yes. You no. out of anybody <laughs> that I've talked to, I'm like, I'm like, Elle's probably been asked all these questions. <laughs> uh, more enough times to be like, I need to be prepared with an answer <laughs> and not be like, that's a great question. Mm. Um, but also like thinking about my own practice in a like reflective kind of way, like where, where do I see myself in, ter- in like the political landscape yeah. and um, the arts and culture scene. Um, but I always go back to Nina Simone and she's one artist who has um, really kind of shaped my understanding of what an artist is supposed to be. Um, again, not really in an authoritative kind of way, but just like, I think the best art is a reflection of the times. And that's something that she really stuck to. And being a black woman in America, um, her art, um, you can tell the difference between when she was like, oh, art for art's sake, which like, sure, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't think that apolitical art is actually a thing. Like being apolitical is, is saying something politically. Um, but I, I love the turn that she took when she was like, oh no, no, no. There is so much happening in black America right now, and I need my music to speak to that. And I want every time I have a microphone in my face to be talking about that. Mm. And she did. And she was unapologetic about it. She was not popular for it, but she did it anyway. And I think being a reflection of the times in which we live is important for artists to do. Um, Not every artist has to take on that mantle, but I think when you do, like you are accountable to that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're the second person on the podcast to reference nina simone uh-huh. 
You are the uh, Theon Lee. So that's crazy. Theon Lee is the one who brought me to Indianapolis. Uh, Okay. Yes. I was very in love with him at one time in my life and we were very together and that's how I ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he probably got that quote from me. Yeah. I'm just going to oh, say that. Oh, hey. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to fact check that. <laughs> oh, man. Theon's great. I think he's wonderful. And yeah. I love the path that he's on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, I, uh, oh, I was going to say it. I need a small thing, but I have. I need to watch that doc- documentary. Yeah. Well, there's two. Or the the one on Netflix. Yes. 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 What, yes. Hap- what happened, Miss Simone? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, grain of salt and I think it's wonderful um, it gave me a lot to think about sure um, also the soundtrack is fantastic yeah it um, has to be yes yes Lauren Hill was kind of musical director and really I just love it um, she did fantastic work with it and um, the documentary itself was led by um, Nina Simone's daughter okay and uh, for better or for worse they had a tenuous relationship um so watching it through that lens, I think it it shed a lot of light more on her daughter's perspective of her mother, yeah. Rather than Nina's life herself, um, I think there are other resources that speak better to what Nina wanted gotcha. to leave with okay. us. Cool. I'll just say that. No, that's cool. No, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. So For sure. I, um, you're a person. I think you've done so. I feel like you've done so much. Just like I've I've known of you from afar, which is. Kind of creepy, but <laughs> you put it on the internet, so I'm like, oh, I guess yeah. I can read it. it but it um, <laughs> I'd be curious is, for you, like, how do you define success? Because mm. um, I consider you very successful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had to unpack that. Yeah. Actually, <clears throat> a, a and un- lot. unpack it. Unpack it with uh, us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think it's tough in that um, trying to find a space in which I'm doing all the things that I love and best. Uh, contributing in a meaningful way to the community that I love and the community that I think is possible. And what I mean by that is that there, there is so much work to do to help make sure that I myself am healthy and whole and creative and loving and kind and so on and so forth. I have a a few values um, that I live up to just for myself, but also wanting to see those things inside of the communities that I exist in. And I think that it is possible. And I think art is one way to create those kind of futures together. Um, and so for me, success has gone from, um, I graduated from high school, did well, went to college, did well, um, and like then it's you like, did well in school. Oh yeah, yeah. Just uh, in terms of like what doing well means, sure. like I did not fail. Yeah. <laughs> um, graduated with the degree, and yeah. um, my uh, my family is uh, super middle class, Black America. Like you, if you can, you go to college, and then you get your degree, and then you get your full time job, and then you work that job until yeah, and, <laughs> and then and then. You have like your house and you get like two and a half kids yeah. and, um, and then, what's, and then what's you, a half kid? I don't know, like a dog or something. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that's like your life. And I have, I feel like I've just kind of accidentally sort of <clears throat> bucked that trend, I guess. Um, Is that difficult? Like for your family to kind of see you? Sort of. 
it it started off that way because uh, very much um, my dad is a first generation college student. My mom, it's a it's a different story. So I am, uh, let's see, third generation college student okay. on my mother's side. So um, very different perspectives on that. Um, that my dad always wanted for us to have a better life than he ever had. And he grew up very poor and it took him a long time to graduate from college because mm-hmm. he had to you know, do, do one semester on yeah. and off. And uh, mm-hmm. my mom, um, not the case uh, because my grandparents both went to college and um, it was just a value that they instilled and it's a way of life. Um, it wasn't actually a possibility for my dad until he made it so. Mm-hmm. And uh, really wanted to make sure that did, we i'm sorry <laughs> oh, how, no, how did your dad make it so uh, <laughs> um by working his ass off okay. um, yeah. um and for him it, it i think it was a more of a matter of like trying not to stay in the town that he was raised mm-hmm. um that there had to be more to life and you know i don't know exactly how he found Howard University. I mean, HBCUs have always been pretty popular in mm-hmm. the back, black community overall, but um, how he managed to get there in the first place, that's an excellent question. I, I don't quite know. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he made it there and he graduated six years, six years it took him, met my mom, and now I'm here. Yeah. Uh, Dang. Uh, and he was like working and doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I think it took oh, me yeah. six years and oh, I was yeah. not probably doing Ooh. i was working a lot less than your dad probably was. oh man i i mean i i i couldn't tell you like the extent of which like yeah. that took a lot of sacrifice and hard work mm-hmm. and community like you, you don't ever do that kind of thing by yourself yeah um and for him i think kind of coming from that background it was even more important that we would go to college and do well and um kind of follow the same trajectory. Like, yeah, we had a lot of room to kind of do what we wanted to do in terms of like, you get to choose your major and um, do something thoughtful with your life and something that means something to you. Um, So I started out as a nursing major because I love helping people. And then I was like, oh no, I don't like other people's bodily fluids for the most part. So I I had to go to another direction. So I ended up sort of in HR, sort of, um, which is kind of a broad category of like everyone who uh, studied my major was actually a student athlete and okay. it was just like a flyby kind of thing. Okay. I took it pretty seriously. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I loved um, the field that I was in and really more than anything, it's called organizational leadership, which like literally means anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it means nothing and everything at the same time. Um, and I made it mean what I wanted it to mean. Cool. Um, so it opened a lot of doors for me in terms of, uh, kind of going into the nonprofit sector and being able to say like, I have a degree in this and I didn't even really know what I meant by this, but it meant something to yeah. somebody else. So like I got jobs because I had a degree <laughs> yeah. and I had a pretty good head on my shoulder. Um, but slowly but surely kind of making my way into how do I be my whole creative self and sustain at the same time? Because that is, I think that's difficult for any artist to do. Um, and I think it's it's tough because... Um, bringing together all the things that you love to do into one space, um, it takes it takes some creativity. Yeah. Um, and I've 
done a lot of different weird jobs trying uh, trying to figure out like what works and what doesn't um and hopped around a lot like looking at my resume from year to year I'm just like Jesus Christ what am I like like what is it like I could imagine somebody else looking at it and being like what is this girl doing yeah, where's the common thread I right, don't see it right 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 uh, I, I I I don't know I've reflected on that some and been like you know it's mostly fine the economy in which we live like we live in a gig economy. Yeah. No one stays anywhere for very long anymore. Like the, the years of my dad staying somewhere until he retires, like that is just not my life. Sure. And that was kind of the, the argument that I made um, when he was just like, what the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we invested in you. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not our economy anymore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Really being a total, like not really rebellious, but like very pointed and saying like, I'm just trying to make make this work sure. and um, just kind of figuring it out as yeah. we go. Yeah. Do you have like specific things that <laughs> you're just like, this is, I feel like it's kind of a dumb question after all you said, <laughs> oh. but like, is like, do you, do you have like an idea or like an ideal? Like I want to do this. And mm-hmm. if I could do this, this mm-hmm. would be great. Cause I think I'm similar. I struggle with, I'm. I want to do like a band. I want to do art speak. I want to do. Yeah. I want to act. I want to like. And I'm like. I don't know. I can't do all those things. Yeah. So like, I don't know how to figure that out. So please help me. <laughs> I wish I had like definitive advice. Yeah. Um, what helped me? That's the beer. Okay. Um, I was like, I, mm, yeah. okay. Um, what helped me is in the last like three or so years, even before then, kind of like getting into the practice of this, but like defining my values as a person. Um, And I used to do it where like I had like a personal set of values and a Mm -hmm. professional set of values. And then when I decided, oh no, I, I want to blur the line between those things. Like I am not a different person when I go to work and I don't desire to be a different person when I go to work. Like I want my labor and my living to make sense with one another. And not to say like, I don't have like a work life balance. I do. I try hard. I, (laughs) uh, again, the gig economy means like you're always working, but like you're not, but like you are. Um, (laughs) but I, I just mean in that, like I want my work life and my life life to be one in the same in that, like politically, I am doing things that make sense to me and make me feel good and don't make me feel compromised. And then I'm in a space where I feel valued for what I bring to the table, Mm -hmm. that that's been so rare in my life. Like even picking and choosing positions that like, sure, this matches my skill set. I got offered a job. I need one. I would like to pay bills. Sure. Why not? Sure. And it wasn't always the best environment. And I think we all kind of make sacrifices like that. Um, just trying to pay bills because mm-hmm. bills don't care what your passions are. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. They're just like, are you paying or are you not? <laughs> yeah. If you're not, this will be a longer conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but figuring out how to bring all of those things into one space and making professional decisions to get me closer and closer to that like balance that equilibrium that like when I'm at home and when I'm at work I can be the same person and hold the same values and not compromise myself kind of personally or politically or whatever the case might be um and not only that but just kind of design my life so that like 
I don't have to make the kind of sacrifices I've had to make in the past. Um, I don't, I don't want to not hang out with my partner's kid um, when she's home with us. Like I don't want to miss out on family reunions. I don't want to, um, kind of pick and choose holidays in which I have to work. Um, I don't want to do that kind of thing anymore. And kind of moving myself closer and closer and closer means that like sometimes this opportunity will move me closer and I have to do it for a year, maybe Mm -hmm. a year and a half, whatever the case might be. Um, Or it's something I really love and it's just like, oh, this isn't actually going to last forever. (laughs) So um, using that experience to kind of open other doors that are similar to that, like both and like it wasn't always like a negative experience. I will say that like I've had some pretty solid jobs in my lifetime. Um, and I'm very, very lucky, like seven years, almost eight. It's, it's been like a solid, solid, like adventure. Um, but the goal is to get to that point where my personal and professional are one in the same. That's the idea. And having values to make difficult choices helps me be consistent and it helps me say no when I need to say no and say yes when I need to be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, that's been so helpful to me. And it's just like journals on journals on journals of like, how do I get closer and closer and closer to like what matters to me most and be real about that. And then also like, as I get older, as Mm -hmm. those things change, shift gears and just do it, Mm -hmm. like figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. What are you, uh, are you working on anything creatively right now other than, like aesthetic of wedding stuff? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like any any writing or? Yes and no. Um, I uh, have a kind of like pause button on writing, writing right now. Um, However, I am uh, facilitating a teaching series on hate crimes legislation. Hateration. Yes, hateration. So glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that's that's been my focus since uh, July actually. And so it's, Um, a creative process all by itself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a different art form, I think, and, um, having to make sure that the right people are at the table and then how to, how to dig into difficult and challenging topics, um, that is both self-reflective and like communally minded at the same time. How would, how would you define a hate crime? Ah, (laughs) um, I have a complicated answer to that question um, that may or may not um, attract people to this workshop. I'll be real about oh, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but how it's legally defined is um, any uh, any crime that is committed against a per- person or property in which it is bias motivated. So whether that has to do with race or religion or gender, sexuality, um, and that's ideal. So, like, we don't actually have a law here that says any of that. Um, the goal, I think, of um, some community organizations, many community organizations, and um, our state house is generally for it right now. Um, but funny enough, I, one of those jobs that I had that I'm like, oh, that was a cool, cool job. Um, I used to work for the Quakers, American Friends oh, uh, cool. Service Committee. Loved it. That's Quakers crazy. Quakers are awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, my favorite. Thing. And not like Quaker Oats, right? No, 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 okay. no. Well, just one. Yes, to be clear. Uh, yes, and no. Um, it's like the nonprofit arm of like, w- w- yeah, 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 exactly. Um, <laughs> and um, that job, like, really, 
like politically sharpened me, like things I hadn't thought about specifically, like living here in the U.S. um, and being more globally minded, like really opened up a Mm -hmm. lot for me. Um, that has informed my creative practice as well. Um, and also like why I even care about hate crimes legislation at all has everything to do with my time at AFSC. Um, in the last like 30 years or so where they've kind of like caught on and more and more states introduce them. In fact, there's only five states where one of them that doesn't have a hate crimes law. Um, yeah. Um, AFSC has been against it the whole time. Um, which is hard to say because they're a very left-leaning, progressive organization, but just like upon further reflection and actually looking at the history and the impact of this kind of legislation, um, they've not really been afraid to be like, hey, this might not be the best approach Mm -hmm. to talking about what hate is and how do we actually confront it and uproot it um, that, hate crimes laws leave so much unaddressed that actually helps recreate hate. Yeah. Um, and we find ourselves in the same situation. Um, speaking of our political climate, like I would say we're a pretty hate filled country. (laughs) Um, and, uh, we've had a country that's had hate crimes laws on the books for over 30 years. And it's, it seems as if we haven't quite addressed the culture of the thing. Um, and so, so much of what we're doing in this workshop is less so about my personal position as it's been informed by my work. Um, but more of like, we should probably pause and read together and think together and feel together and ask each other hard questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a space in which we get to self-reflect and think about like, what are our investments in efforts like these? And what is it about a law like this that makes us feel better about having one? Um, when it may or may not even do any good to people who we're trying to protect. And how do we look inside of ourselves and see how we contribute to a culture that is very hateful Mm -hmm. and we benefit from it as people to perpetuate these things. And that's harder to look at. (laughs) That's way harder to look at. Um, So yeah, that's, that's been a lot of fun. We've done two so far. The third one is this week. Um, what, what day? Uh, this coming Wednesday, the 12th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to stretch it out to the end of the year, but funding sure. is hard. Mm, so yeah. working on that. <laughs> um, doing things that are community funded and uh, not only trying to fund the work itself, but also like um, another one of my values is assigning value to my labor, Mm -hmm. like my specific labor, like the time and energy that I spend studying and reading and creating a workshop that other people can engage in for free. Um, that all of that costs money from the supplies that we use to the space that we're inside of, to, um, the work that goes into making sure that this is a workshop that people can actually engage in and learn from. Um, that none of that is free in any way, shape, or form. And um, I can't go around preaching, like, value black women for their work and then, like, out here doing shit for free. (laughs) So (laughs) no matter how I feel about it, like, I feel very strongly about it, but, like, um, my passion does not pay bills. I think that's a challenge that a lot of artists face is... Yeah. uh, Jingo and I, we talk a lot about this. Yeah. It's like... We don't want to devalue our work. Right. 
but we also got to eat, you know? Yes. So it's just like, how do we yeah. fight that? Mm-hmm. And just how do we not devalue our work, but also right. eat? It, you know? it, exactly. Exactly. And that's another thing that like, um, mm, figuring out what that value actually means in real time and the kind of work that I want to do and um, the kind of work that I find important and that I would do for free if I didn't have to worry about bills at all, you know? Um, And so that's helped me like chart the course in that regard. But um, coming back around to like, I, I, I don't want to encourage artists to, to assign value to their work and then like forget to do it for myself. Um, And this idea that like, artists, creative practitioners, like folks who are generally just like public servants. And I say that very broadly. Um, and that like our work somehow is like supposed to better the communities that we live in. Um, that like by virtue of caring about other people, we should do it for free. And I'm like, if that isn't some bullshit, yeah, it's just like, would you do that for free? (laughs) You know, would you do your job for free? I think so. Exactly. And, and it it comes back to like, everybody has to eat, including me. Like, what? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding? Um, and, and so like, I, I, I try my very, very best to hold true to that. And that helps me figure out how to say yes to things and how to say no to things, how to ask for what I think my value is, um, and walk away when I'm not met there or decide to negotiate within some wiggle room and do the very best that I can in that and being consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good word. Yeah. yeah. I just, that's something I'm like, oh, always thinking about. I'm just like, how do we yeah. <laughs> do it? You know? Or yes. my, my buddy's like, yeah, I'm not doing, I'm just doing this thing for free so I can do mm-hmm. I'm like, should you? Right. You know? Right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that one word exposure. Like I just want to yeah, punch no, it into just the like, sun. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. Um. So what are like, other than like, creatively speaking yes what are your biggest like challenges mm. that you kind of see in front of you i mean you you alluded to some of them yeah. of course but yeah specifically um hmm. oh, this one's kind of twofold um and that uh, my life looks very differently now than it even looked two years ago um not only in the kind of work that i do but um just by virtue of being partnered Mm -hmm. and helping co-parent a whole human being um, is a world apart. Like I was super single and just like I could, I I had a lot more room to just like do whatever and like figure it out, whatever that means. And so much of my living is attached to two other people who I deeply Mm -hmm. care about. And so like, my decision making, I can't just do whatever anymore. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I, it's just like, I totally under, cause like I, my wife, I love her very yeah. much, yeah. but it also I'm just like, how do I figure this mm-hmm. out when I got all this? Stuff? But it's not a bad right. thing. It's just like, it's oh, one of my buddies. He's like, he talks about your instincts change yes. over time. My yes. first instinct, and I'm still probably because we're early on in marriage. My first instincts are more selfish, mm-hmm. but I think over time, it kind of becomes more yeah. for the because he just had a kid. Yeah. And he's like, once I had that kid, he's like, my instinct was to take care of this kid first mm-hmm. before anything, which yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. I felt myself kind of shifting over time for sure. And not to say that like, oh, I care about them less in the very beginning. It wasn't that, but just like, 
I, I did change as a person. Um, and my values change because like, oh, no, no, no. It's not just my opinion who matters here. And it's not just like my specific value that matters here. It has everything to do with like how I'm contributing to my household and how I am making sure that I am equitably putting into what it is that we're trying to co-create together yeah. as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but just like my time looks so much different now. Um, and that like, I'm literally going, um, to and from Fishers to, to pick up a seven year old on, on more days than not. And it's something that I love to do because I have the kind of, um, professional space to do that. Like my schedule just kind of allows for me to be that kind of parent. Um, but like the time where I would normally be, I guess somewhere else two, three years ago, I am in the car driving to Fishers to go get my kid. Um, and it's, it's something that I want to be doing, but then also like, Oh no, I need to like redistribute my time in terms of my creative practice in order to hold what's important, important Mm -hmm. to me. Um, and so that's been, that's been a journey and, um, how to, how to family as a verb, like that's a very important verb to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that has deeply changed how I practice creatively Um, and they have also, they've, they've shaped even my writing overall, like being partnered with someone who like challenges me politically. Um, and also just like kids have a way of like sticking it to you. Just the way that we like talk to each other and talk about things, um, has really, really dynamically changed how I see the world and how I write and how, how I want to use what I do best to make the world better for us and for her. And do you struggle with, <laughs> um, I've always been curious about this, but like yeah. censoring yourself from mm. like, how do I know what I can say? Yeah. What I want. What, what is with kids or, yeah, or like for, just in your, general, for your, your kid. Oh, is that is like, do I want her to know? Cause I, I know I struggle with like just with my family, mm-hmm. you know, my, my family, they're very, um, we just think differently yeah. and it's okay. And I think yeah. it's fine, but I know I've done things where mm-hmm. my family, they were just, they're just Trevor, how could you? Right. And I'm just like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. Do you ever censor yourself in that way or um, how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm one to call it code switching. Um, it's kind of manifested itself in a, a bunch of different ways. So like yeah. growing up black and, um, I went to church with all black people and went to school with all white people. <laughs> um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it was a weird dynamic, and then like having a very very black family. Obviously, um, it it means that like in every space that I was inside of, I I spoke differently because of who I was with. Um, and I think as a, a black girl, you learn how to do that pretty early on mm-hmm. without even realizing. Like it's like condition and then also like you you are creative in that like oh i know 
I can't talk to my teacher the way I talk to Jasmine at church. Like, I yeah. just, I can't do that. Um, like, she's my friend. We're about to go to the corner store and get some chips. Like, I'm not yeah. talking to her the same way that I talk to my third grade teacher, mm-hmm. Mrs. Nelson. Like, we're just not going to yeah. do that. Um, but I find, I, I know as um, an educator, like, even, I, I was a 10th grade teacher at one point in my life. Um, and then also an after I would school love to, Can you send me your resume? <laughs> it's a mess. Just so I can just like, look at it. Like, whole, like, it's literally a like whole It's like I worked mess. at a chip factory. <laughs> I walked dogs. Yeah. I was yeah. a pro golfer for a p- period of time. For real? For real. I was a nanny for a little while. Like, uh, it just, it's a, yeah. it's a thing where um, I had to learn very intentionally how to be with children. Yeah. And um, my sister... The way that we grew up, I, I only have one sibling. We're pretty close in age, so there was never an age in which like I was actually taking care of her as like sometimes other siblings who are more spread apart can do. Um, and my cousins, my closest family members, all lived far away from me. So yeah. like it was just me and my sister growing up for the most part. And um, and so like learning how to relate to kids as an older kid, like never that like wasn't something in my realm of possibility growing up. So I had to learn to do that as an educator. Um, And so talking to my students about things that they care about and connecting them to other things that they may not know about. Mm -hmm. um, It's, it's an art form. I know I keep saying that, but like it it truly is like making those connections wildly apparent and also coming into the space as someone who um, has just as much to learn as they do. Like they, it's a mutual experience and that I'm, I'm not someone who knows any more than you do because I have a degree and I'm your teacher. Like, (laughs) like this is, we're sharing here. Um, and I feel the same way about kids at any age. Like I have just as much to learn from our exchanges as you do. Um, I may have been here a little bit longer and that counts for something, but also like you haven't lost as much as I have, like being as young and fresh as you are like, Oh my goodness. Like, Talking to to Lil, she's seven, um, and I've known her since she was she. We met just after her fifth birthday, and just like how thoughtful a person she is, she asks fantastic questions. Um, and even in our time together, like um, being a black woman in her life, and like intimately in a way that, um, just like it has brought so much like richness and color to our relationship. Um, that we talk about race, we talk about colorism. Like we had a whole conversation about the N word and like how we're both brown girls, but like she can't use that word, but I can, and this is why. <laughs> like, and and she's seven, but like she gets it yeah. because like the way that my partner and her her ex wife have decided to like teach her mm-hmm. and help her to ask good questions and to be respectful. Um, and then also stir the pot when it's necessary. Like she, she is just thoughtful in a way that like, uh, I've not experienced on this level before. Um, because being a co-parent is totally different than like hanging out two hours after school. Like so, so different. Like you, you get the rest of life than like just this one period of time, one or two times a week. Um, and she, she, has challenged me to make sure that like I'm explaining things well, because um, I think if you can't explain things to a kid 
in a way that makes sense to them based off of like how long they've been here, the kinds of words that they know and what kinds of questions they'll ask about things that they don't know. Um, I don't know if you're really doing anything all that important anyway, or like not as thoughtful as you could be. You got to be able to like speak to multiple audiences or that's at least something that I hold important. Um, that if Lil doesn't get what I'm saying, like I'm not doing something right. Um, I don't need to be overcomplicated. I don't need to use these like big balloon kind of words um, that it's pretty simple at the end of the day. And if I can't explain it to a seven year old, like, and then also inside of that, like being age appropriate, like, like, (laughs) you know, where we've talked about like genocide, for example, and, and like, superhero movies like that that it it comes with the context in which it exists but also like talking about the fact that like the reason why this is in a movie that's not real is because it actually happened in the world Mm. and just drawing that connection we don't dwell on it too much because like she's seven sure um but like this actually happens and it's painful and it's hard and there are a lot of people who are deeply connected to those kinds of histories and a lot of people who don't know about them at all. Um, and so it's so important for her to be someone who just holds that and can draw on it when she needs to. And then also not dwell on it because she's seven. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo, it, yeah. It's a hard balance. Um, and I will say like her mother's, um, they, they did most of that legwork. Like I just get to come in at sure. five years old and be like, like <laughs> <laughs> our relationship is very special and also she was amazing before i got there like truly truly yeah. truly yeah how do you um how do you critique yourself like your work oh. do, you have, do you have people do you just are you pretty <laughs> self-critical uh very self-critical almost too self-critical i'm a perfectionist in all the worst ways um i uh i tend to self-edit as i go that's a horrible horrible way to go about doing any kind of creative anything um, but I still do it. Uh, Why do you think you do that? I want what I put out to be good. Period. <laughs> um, you don't have to put it out yet. And I, you're right. Uh, but like, I want it to be good. Yeah. And I just kind of stay stuck there. And that's tough. The other thing is um, I have a lot of just creative people working in all different kinds of aspects of what it means to be creative in my circle who I can just send something to and be like, what do you think about this? And they'll be honest and be like, Oh, this is good. But like this, 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 and this, or like, this is not great. Actually, Mm. (laughs) you should maybe think more on this part and that part. And like, it seems like you're trying to say something, but you didn't actually say it. You should go back or like you're using too many words or your words are too big or, um, you're just kind of doing mental gymnastics that you don't need to do. I do that a lot. Yeah. Like I am a rambler. I am a rambler and I love words and like I have to rein myself in sometimes cuz I'm just like I'm really just like saying a bunch of words and like not saying anything at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have I have quite a few good people who like may or may not consider themselves writers even mm-hmm. who will read what I'm putting out into the world and say like, "Hey, yeah." Or like, "Hey, no." Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, actually. Um That's and I good. appreciate it's that. important. Yes, yes. Um and then on top of that, just like when something is actually out there, like making sure that I'm not only leaving the door open to criticism or engagement or whatever the case might be, like intentionally inviting that into the space, 
um, whether it's online or in person, whatever the case might be. Like I truly, truly value and, and conversations about the things that I think about on a regular basis, like they keep me sharp. Mm -hmm. And then also like the things that I hadn't thought about, someone else has that to offer. Like I'm not the end all be all of wisdom on this particular topic or this particular um, thing that I'm focused on that um, there are so many people in the world that have something else to say about that. And that should be shaping and impacting what I'm doing. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm sorry about that dog. Oh, yeah. oh. I'm just like hearing it in the, it's making me less of a dog person. Which yeah, I know. sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Terrible. Sorry, people listening. Uh, There's a dog. They get very pressed about things. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't. I have no idea why they'd be barking unless they just. I'm like contemplating like how, it's really bad actually. What's going through my head about this dog yeah. right now? Probably shouldn't mm. record you what you're gonna it. say. <laughs> Um, no dogs were harmed. During no dogs were harmed. Uh, afterward, maybe, but not uh, not during. Uh, how do you how do you feel? Do you feel good? Is there is there I anything do. that you wanted to talk about or? Oh man! Um, oh, I get, I am a rambler. I could go for days on. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just like sitting here. I'm like, man, we should like. I don't know. I'm like, you should start a podcast. Oh. And just like. <laughs> I think it'd be great. I, I, I've thought about just that. Just to talk about yeah. different ideas. Because I get like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sitting here and you're like saying all these things about politics and I'm like, I'm trying, in my brain, I'm like, this is an arts podcast. So I'm like, I shouldn't pry too much into certain things, but I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> but that's really fascinating and yeah. I really, really want to talk about those things. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I, you should do something like that. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about that for like a couple years it's like i let things bake for a while yeah. before i'm like why why okay yeah i want things to be good yeah. is because you're a perfectionist <laughs> i'm a perfectionist Dude, same um. i try to build I, I there's these two shelves in my living room and yeah. i've wanted to build them for like 10 months mm-hmm. and then i finally it was just like why am i waiting to build them and, yeah. well a friend help me but still no i'm i'm with you there and um some things I'm just like, oh, I, I haven't found the space to care about it enough mm-hmm. to actually like do it. Cause like once I care about a thing, I just like do it. Um, but part of it is just like wanting to make sure that like putting my voice out into the world, this dog just, I like, know, has dude. so many opinions. <laughs> I know. He's just right like, I want to like, talk. So pressed. I'm like, shut up. Invite me to be a guest yeah, on this I know. podcast. And I have so much to share. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but just, and um, I love that, like, I guess, like, the information age, like, and, like, we're kind of in, like, the social media age, mm-hmm. I guess, like, inside of that information age. Yep. Um, that so many people who have not um, had a voice in a space that can be heard do because just, like, we have the tools to be able to just, like, do our own, like, self-determined mm-hmm work in that way like media is so community driven more than it's ever been um and i also think that that has lent itself to like an oversaturation of it and so like i just anything that i put out there i want to make sure that like it exists in a space that makes sense um and that what i'm offering is not just like a rehash of whatever else is already out there like i never want what i care so much about to just like be reinventing the wheel when yeah. the wheel is sitting right over there. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, I would much rather just contribute to that than to like do a whole new thing. Like, yeah, well, I mean, but I'm yeah. just like, cause you've done 
She Hive, Hive. Mm-hmm. and hate like just like you just start a podcast. You yeah, know? yeah. Because it's just like yeah, like there are people doing a podcast, but like nobody's inside L. Roberts' brain. That's true. Sharing their opinion. That's a good. Because I think you're like you. You challenge me. Um, you're very thought provoking, and I'm just like, hmm, this is really interesting. Because I enjoy like talking to people. I love talking yeah. to people who just see the world differently, yeah. and it's just really fascinating. I love it to be much. like, oh, that's really weird. Yeah, that you're wrong, but you know, <laughs> you know <it's> like, <laughs> yes. But yes. it's just it's really fascinating, and I I would definitely be yeah. an advocate of it. And it's really simple. I mean, like, we just got a couple mic, and these are like really fancy mics, but yeah. that mic right there, that's like a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, that thing right I there to record it. It's in like my house. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's like a nicer one, right? Yeah, you can you could get Roland for like three, four hundred bucks, right? Yeah, Maybe cheaper like if you're you know. good with Craigslist. And you can and just things. re you just keep redoing it. Yeah. So I mean Yeah. Can we you, uh, you can talk you to might, me about it too, hey. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You might see it. He's a pro. And like another I can't stop dogs, however. <laughs> um can we do our speed round? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Don't don't, uh, too, don't think too much about I, it. Just I like think a, too much about everything. This is okay. going to be great. <laughs> well, keep in mind, it's called the speed round. Right. So, Get it all together. Right. All right. So, mm-hmm. what is the last meal that you would eat? Oh, like ever? Yeah. Like you're going to die. Oh, It's oh like my death God. row meal. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Um, I would have a um, medium ribeye. Um, and I would have potatoes. I think potatoes are just the fruit of life. That didn't make any sense, but I love yeah, potatoes. They're the vegetables. <laughs> they are. They are. I love Brussels the sprouts. I would have crispy Brussels sprouts um, and probably a glass of my favorite wine. It's called Prisoner. It's red. Fitting, it's delicious. right? Because you're on death row. Right. So exactly. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That would, that <laughs> um, would be it. Yeah. What is your favorite word? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. What is a word I say way too much? Can it be a phrase? Yeah. I say sure, in which in a which? lot. Okay. Oh my god. It's I say sandwich a lot. I love sandwiches. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not mad. Trying to be funny. <laughs> uh, what's your least favorite word? My least favorite word is probably Keith. Keith? I know that's rude. You just don't like Keith. I don't like that name. Uh, like, yeah. it's just, that's how I feel about I the name Kevin. Oh my God. That's my <laughs> least second favorite. Every name. time I meet a Kevin, I'm like, you would be a Kevin. I you know, know. I know. I know so many <laughs> sweet Kevins, but I'm just like, that's just, I don't, I can't. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, oh, uh, passive aggressive emails. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Also, uh, people who don't know how to use the CC function and oh. just like, oh my God, please get me off of this email yep. thread yesterday. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you could be one person, oh, sorry. If you can consume one artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? Mm. Probably Audre Lorde. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could be one person for a day, who would it be? Me. You. Yeah. Great. I like that. So they're making a movie about you. Mm-hmm. Who would be the actor to portray you? Oh, boy. Oh, this is hard because like you would want someone. I'm probably talking way too much. Like someone who like invokes the spirit of you, like looks like you and like Mm -hmm. can bring the fire. Right. Or like maybe they don't, but like they're a great actor. Mm hmm. 
Okay, I have two answers then. Uh, Tessa Thompson, I think she's great. Yeah. She looks nothing like me. Um, and then also that would be a question of like, are we doing this like weird colorist thing where yeah. like black women can't be acted by <laughs> dark skinned black women? Okay. Um, this got complicated. The other person I would probably choose, um, Janelle Monet. Okay. Yeah. Who would the antagonist be? Uh, this is complicated. Um, hmm. I don't know if I would have an antagonist to my story. Okay. Probably myself. Yourself. Um, I am such a good self-saboteur. Um, and then probably like someone who like presents a foil in my life is my dad. Okay. Yeah, I'm totally my dad's my, kid. And then also like he just like he complicates yeah. my life in a good way. <laughs> my favorite answer to this question, somebody said diabetes would be their antagonist. <laughs> was that the only? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh the my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would uh, um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to? But who would your love interest be? Oh, oh my God! Everybody says that my partner looks like that um, actress uh, Ruby Rose. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I could see it. I'm down. I'm I don't down. know if she could actually bring the fire sure. though. But yeah, yeah. either her or Hillary Swank. Hillary <laughs> Swank would kill it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Be, uh, <laughs> what is that? Million dollar baby version. Yeah. Um, what's the last thing you listened to? Oh, 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 um, Trevor Noah's book, oh. uh, audiobook. I forget the name of it, but I'm like on chapter six. It is so good. I, I, I need to warm up to the idea of audiobooks because I feel like I'm cheating. I am so against it. <laughs> but like, I could probably read like 40 <laughs> books a year. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's pretty I'll sweet. And I already, I love podcasts that are like storytelling podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if I could do a short story, why can't I do a whole audiobook? Yeah. And I've been doing it because, um, yeah, it wasn't actually my my idea. But yeah. here we are. Chapter um, six. So good. What is the first thing you'd buy if you won the lottery? Mm, my student loan debt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then the last place you are going to live. You move. You can be anywhere. Anywhere. You, yep. Um, hmm. probably, probably Oakland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I have like no deeply spiritual ties to the place, but there's a lot of cool shit happening yeah. there. Cool. Yeah. Also, California might be underwater in like 20 years. We we don't have to talk about that. No, it's okay. yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this. Thank what you. um what's your like social media handles? Oh, I am for all the things. I am the um I am L Roberts, E L L E, um, or L is right, W R I T E. Um, everywhere actually. Okay. And that's um that's where you can find me. Okay. The... And is hateration somewhere? It's on Facebook. Um and yeah, it's on Facebook. Okay. So, uh, Hateration, a teaching series, and you should be able to find the next session there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this. This uh, is great. I think you're a lovely person. You're really thought provoking. This is an honor to oh, chat thank with you. you. Oh, man. So, you're pretty dope. Yeah. Always give me something to think about. For oh, sure. no. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. So, thank you know. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, Art Speaker Podcast. Uh, go do art, everybody. Go do it. Go do it. Potential podcast name for your podcast. Yes. This is complicated. You said that oh. a couple of times Ooh. there. I think it would I think it would be fitting. 
All right, everyone, go do art.